0: Kyoto Etihoa Mertifano, Welcome friends and family to the Candid Kiwi Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I am the Candid Kiwi. Welcome to my third episode, and this episode it'll just be you and I of 2020 as a mum, a wife, and as me, Melissa. I'm glad you're here. So let's get started. I figured I'd start my recap off as a mum. Let's get started with that. So as a mum, my life changed this year. My children were all at home, like I said in my previous episode, and I had to adjust daily to what that looked like, as well as my children it would change all the time so my children would be told what was happening and then we'd kind of figure out a plan for a week and then we'd get a tsunami of emails and then it would change and so we had to be constantly adjusting to what our new normal was and that was really hard for each of us i had to readjust to a whole new way of seeing life and to thinking and so did my children that was really really hard for them There was no more travel. It was all cancelled. We were supposed to go to Moab in March and we hadn't been to Moab and Utah in a few years. We love Moab because Moab has everything we love. It's got camping, mountain biking, four wheeling, it has climbing, hiking. It's the best and we've had a lot of good times in Moab and we had to cancel that. And then, like you, probably had to cancel stuff as well. And the summer we had planned a trip to the Oregon coast. We'd never been to the Oregon coast before and we had planned a fantastic trip actually. We were gonna go to the beach, we were gonna do some hiking, we were gonna do some mountain biking on single track trails as well as uh, parks, bike parks, and we were super pumped about that. We had booked some Airbnbs and we were really looking forward to it. Uh, The further the pandemic got into it, the closer we got to realizing that this dream of ours wasn't gonna come true and it got canceled. It started off with the camping parks. They started canceling on us and then the Airbnb people basically told us that it wasn't gonna happen. As you know also we were supposed to go to New Zealand for a month and this year was going to be amazing because for whatever reason it worked out that my kids calendar at school gave them almost three weeks off and usually when we go to New Zealand we go for four weeks so that we can make the most of it but it's really hard because my son's in high school now and things are getting a little serious (laughs) and usually when we go to New Zealand we go for four weeks so that we can make the most of it But it's really hard because my son's in high school now and things are getting a little serious (laughs) so to be able to have the calendar work out like this was perfect so we were able to go home for four weeks and only have to take a week off for the children at school but that got cancelled. We were going home on Air New Zealand and Air New Zealand let us know that that wasn't going to be happening they've given us credits and I don't know what that means exactly hopefully that means that we can get the prices that we got last year I doubt it because they're an airline hopefully we don't have to fork out too much money because we're definitely going to go to New Zealand next Christmas so we're way pumped about that but that got cancelled as well and so travel was cancelled but we did get to go camping a couple of times in Stanley and we discovered a new place called City of Rocks and that was really awesome and then we also went to georgia together for thanksgiving and we would have never done that and georgia was pretty amazing we had some good times there we went to savannah and i didn't know there was good surfing there but our mates over there ben and lindsay and their girls actually are awesome their girls are winning the east coast surf competitions and so it was awesome to be able to be with them and to be able to see the surf and to be able to go to Georgia where my friend Amy has a cabin in Blue Ridge and she's the one that has that sweet picture that is on the front of my blog she is obsessed with New Zealand in a good way just like how I am her and her husband went to New Zealand for about three weeks and she gets emotional every time she talks about it and so that's a person that I love and she dedicated her cabin to New Zealand you should see it it's amazing so to be able to spend Thanksgiving there was really awesome and our family actually got along on that trip like there was hardly any fights or anything so I'll take that as a win I'm pretty sure it's because we were beaten down after living together for a year and just getting out of the house anywhere I think was pretty <laughs> was pretty awesome <laughs> so we all got along pretty well and discovered Georgia and the cool historic things that there is there in Georgia a lot of things were shut down though so that was a bummer I wanted to show the kids the first Baptist church out there with a. Uh, African-American people went and did the operation uh, where they did the Underground Railroad so that they could get rescued. I wanted my kids to be able to see that, but that was shut down unfortunately because of COVID, but maybe another time, right? There was also no more sports. Most of the kids' sports were canceled. We had a little, like my daughter played soccer and my son did his running club and my daughter did some cross country and a little bit of basketball, but that all got canceled. We didn't have mountain biking and Masaru's uh, rugby got cancelled, that's my oldest son and he was just getting started with a capital rugby team and he was devastated. He got to play for the first for a a few minutes, a couple of games and he was way stoked about that and unfortunately that all got cancelled and he'd like to get a scholarship in rugby and that can't happen if you're not playing right and so that was devastating for him as well as uh, the other kids, especially my youngest son Takeshi, he wanted to mountain bike and joined the mountain bike Nike team. He's been watching my son and my daughter race in that for a few years now, waiting eagerly for his turn, and it got taken from him as that was canceled. But that's life, right? (laughs) Um, There was no more volunteering at my kids' schools, which took up a lot of my time, and no more coaching their teams, which took up a lot of my time as well. There was not really that much socializing with mates. It happened, and we were kind of like figuring it out at the beginning it changed a little bit and there was various people quarantining and stuff and so you had to try and figure that out as well it was kind of weird with online school that was really hard we had full-time online school and then they went to a hybrid where they went to school two days a week and then they did it online at home. My kids loved that. Uh, I know different people have different opinions about that, but for me, having two days without any of my children home was epic. <laughs> and for the children, being able to be at school with their mates and their teachers was epic for them too. To be able to have those two days back was awesome, but then that got shut down again right before uh, Thanksgiving. They said that was their last week and they haven't been back to school. They've told them that they can go back to school in a couple of weeks, so we'll see if that happens or not. But The ups and downs of that has been really hard for my children because of just not being able to see their mates, and not being able to school, go to school, you know. I know in New Zealand it was really different because New Zealand did a lot better with it. They shut down hard right at the beginning and then basically they're back at normal. I talk to my family weekly, a lot of my family weekly. Like I said, I'm the oldest of seven. I have five brothers and a sister and then my mum. One of my brothers is in Perth in Australia and he's been talking to us about what? Australia's been doing, but New Zealand pretty much it's business as usual there. I'm pretty sure there's no COVID cases and the ones that are there are quarantined and traced. I mean when you have a country of five million and everyone's on the same page basically it's easier to trace and to get a hold of and so all my nieces and nephews are back at school but not us over here. Screen time went up, we're not a big screen family. The kids don't do gaming and we don't watch much TV. We're always busy outside, you know. And so I had to navigate what screen time looked like and how to adjust to the new normal with that. The kids were spending like between four and seven hours a day on screen just for school. And then when they wanted to play on their computer, I was like, no way, mate. You need to get outside on the trampoline. You need to go for a run or you just need to sit there and be bored. There's just no way that I'm giving you more screen time. And so I'm a little bit worried. I mean, what's that going to do to my kids eyes and stuff? They've never had, and as well as probably other kids, have never had that much screen time before. It's just crazy. So hopefully they'll be all right, you know. My kids had different emotional needs than ever before, as well as me. I had different emotional needs too. Trying to be there for them with how they needed me varied on different days, you know. So I'd bring them snacks, food, water. I'd have to sit down with Emiko sometimes for an hour at a time trying to uh, help her with whatever she needed, as well as my other children with with whatever needs they had as well. Um, Staying on top of all of their class times and the tsunami of uh, information coming from the different schools as well as individual teachers. I mean, I've got 16 teachers between my four kids that I'm working with and three different schools so I'm getting emails from 16 different teachers I'm getting emails from three different schools and I'm getting four emails from the district because I have four kids in the district it was really really overwhelming to me I had a tough time keeping up with all of that I know everyone's emails are important and I apologize to all the teachers in the district out there but sometimes I just looked at it and I just deleted it mate because I was like bro I'm barely surviving here the last thing I need to read is a 3,000 word essay from you telling me about something I just if you can't put it in a paragraph I'm not reading it mate so I didn't (laughs) so if my kids missed any assignments or anything I guess that's uh, too bad (laughs) it was all I could do to survive with all of that information ma'am organizing playdates for my younger two and making sure I did everything I could in the morning so I could be there in the afternoon for them so that they could have friends come over and socialize, you know, so I had to do that. So the pressure of having to get up, making sure that I worked out and did everything that I could so I could be around, I had to make sure that I was there for them so that they needs could be met therefore my needs came after them when it came to stuff like that I had to reorganize stuff you know what I mean I'm sure we all know what that feels like as a mum, right you kind of get put on the back burner especially as a stay-at-home mum. I mean that's my job you know and I know that and so I tried to do that the best that I could and I think I did pretty good with it I found it to be a little daunting sometimes but I also asked for a day off, like to begin with, I said to my kids, you can have mates around Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, but Wednesday's mine. And sometimes I would go paddle boarding with my mate, Joe or I would go hiking with my mate, Natalie, or I would go... myself mountain biking and it was awesome so that I could have one day to myself so that's how I kind of balanced that as made sure I was there for my kids most of the time but one day a week I was like no that this afternoon is for me Um, sometimes I would take my kids with me I'd often hike with my friend Rochelle and then we would go on hike and we would take our kids with them so that was two birds one stone so that worked out pretty good too you know I had to make sure I gave and helped give my kids physical exercise and so we made plans and the kids had PE and stuff but I mean my kids are so active that all of a sudden they were way less active than what they've ever been before you know and so I had to make sure that I did things with them and so I said no to mountain biking with my friends JoBecca, Kim and Teresa who are my go-tos for mountain biking as well as um, Lynette and I think that that was really hard for me to say no to them at the beginning of uh, all of this mountain biking season. I got to bike with uh, Lynette and jo Becker later on in the season but at the beginning it was really hard because I had to be there for my children and so Masaru, Yuki, Takeshi, they all wanted to go mountain biking and I wanted to be able to go by myself too. And so to be able to coordinate going with my mates, my kids and myself was a little bit too much for me to be able to balance. And so I had to cut my friends and just make it about my children. And when you're mountain biking with your children, it's awesome, don't get me wrong, but the riding's a little different, you know? And that's what I had to do in order to make sure that my kids were getting outside, which was just fine. We also learned how to rock climb this year and like I said, a couple of us learned how to surf so that was really cool, you know. The cool things that happened as a mum with my children is we started getting closer. We were discovering more together, we were talking more, we were being more involved and finding out how to get alone time when we were never apart as well so that looked like different things, you know. We had to get adjusted to dad being home with us sometimes so drew was home for the first about six weeks and then he went back to work at the office and then he's been home now for the last month and i'm not sure when he'll go back to the office so we had to get used to that we have to make sure we don't just bust in while he's doing a video call and stuff like that you know also we had to work on our technical difficulties i realized how much i relied on masaru for our technical stuff because i couldn't sign emiko in and sometimes she couldn't sign herself in and so i'd be like masaru come and help me out and he'd be like click 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 right in there so i'm super glad that he was able to do that but i'm impressed with how tech savvy my kids got when they had to you know and the teachers were way supportive of that because my patience is real short when it comes to stuff like that and if I try it once and it doesn't work I get super frustrated I get to like a one to a ten pretty quickly and so I was really glad that I was able to slowly learn how to work on the tech side of stuff and that I had my son to be able to help out so much you know and I think my kids are doing pretty good around the computer which is a good skill to have and something that they really needed and that this year taught them how to do and me as well my kids skills got better and changed in different ways so my children especially my boys Masaru and Takeshi they got better with mountain biking less with cross-country racing but more park skills and so Takeshi did a jump no hander my sons are going to be embarrassed with me saying this because I don't know how to say it properly but Basically he went up on a jump and he let go of the handlebars and then he put his hands back on again So Takeshi got that. They also got a few jump lines down at the local jump park, uh, bike park, excuse me And they were way stoked about that. Out at um, Eagle Bike Park They got some new jump lines that they were way stoked that they got to be able to do as well Masaru has learned how to do a backflip on pads at least and then his next place is the dirt he's going to try and do that he never would have been able to do that if it wasn't for covid because with uh, mountain biking season and stuff and racing it wouldn't have given him enough time to be able to practice those park skills and that's what they did like he mountain bike and stuff and so did Takeshi but they were at the park all the time and so their skills got better in that Yuki joined cross country and she hates running she says but she rocked it and so i was super proud of her for that and emiko discovered hiking she's a good hiker and she was my little hiking buddy and i don't know if that would have happened if it wasn't for covid either you know me and her being able to have that relationship hiking together which i really appreciated at home we had science projects going on we're in full swing in our kitchen Um, our kitchen was a lab and an art room we watched uh, lots of movies together as a family. We learned about some amazing people. We love to watch true stories, and we learned some about some amazing people and some amazing horses. <laughs> we watched classics we'd never seen before, such as Newsies. Um, my children tried that move that they do where you—my boys, at least—where you. Um, grab the front of your foot, and then you hop over it, and so they ended up being able to do that, which is cool, and we also just watched It's a Wonderful Life, I think, I'm pretty sure it's called, it's usually, it's a Christmas movie, and that's actually really good, I've seen it all the time, and I'm like, yeah, it's black and white, nah, and then we actually watched it, and it was awesome, so that was really cool. Our Sundays became my favorite day, we didn't, go anywhere we didn't hardly have any mates over or anything sundays were our sacred days and i really appreciated that we are a church going family and so sundays was our day we haven't been back to church since march of last year 2020 and because our church has been shut down and we grew in ways that i don't think we ever would have grown had we have went to church and So our spiritual growth was amazing on Sundays as well as our family time together and I really really appreciated that about COVID about 2020 is how close we got on Sundays spiritually and as a family. I became the kids piano teacher uh, for a little while because our piano teacher couldn't come and teach them and then she ended up not teaching the children and letting that go and my children were devastated because they had been with her for seven years and my oldest son at least and so I had to quickly find new piano teachers because after a few months I realized I could not be their piano teacher and they were going nowhere so that was really hard for all of us and I had to like call it their new piano teachers are a little bit more expensive but worth it because now they're progressing really well and I had to break it up because I've got so many children I had to break up my piano teachers because not all of them could take four kids so they actually have I have three women that I pay to teach my kids piano two go to one and then one goes to another and one goes to another but I'm glad I found those teachers so my children could keep going with that that was really hard on me man being their piano teacher really hard especially for my son and I. It didn't work out really too good with my sons and I. What I learned last year is that my kids like me as their mom, but not as their teacher. And I like my kids as my kids, but not as my students as well. So the, feeling <laughs> so the feeling was mutual. I think that's one truth that we found out together, was that <laughs> there was tons of stories that were written and there was many art projects and many things that were built And I tell you what, man, the trampoline and our swing sets were their therapy. They would go out and learn new tricks on the trampoline. And then they would just, sometimes I would catch my daughter with a speaker, just listening to music, just out there swinging and swinging and swinging and thinking about things. And I think they discovered what helped them. And the trampoline and the swing helped them like a ton, which was good. It was good that that they found something that helped to calm them and to make them do better. Meanwhile, my kids were growing up through through it all, through all 2020. Masaru has his full license. He can drive just like Drew and I. Yuki is officially a teenager. Emiko chopped off all of her hair. And Takeshi raced in his first enduro mountain bike race and he broke his nose. So life kept moving forward despite the pandemic and 2020. My children had some difficulties with friends but I think that's pretty normal whether it's 2020 or not. It's just a different kind of friendship because you're not seeing your mates every day. A lot of difficulties that I think that they had would have been just fine had they not been mostly online. I think had they been at school, the difficulties that they had wouldn't have been. So we had to navigate that together. I had to make sure that I listened enough but that I didn't give the wrong advice because I'm a I'm the kind of person that likes like chop pe- chops people out of my life if they're not doing anything for me and so I'll just tell my kids well then just don't hang out with them you know just don't be with them then if they're like that and that I discovered is not the right advice so I had to make sure that I changed the way that I gave them advice about their mates and i had to make sure that i gave their mates the benefit of the doubt and that i asked them what the right steps were to make it right you know and so we both learned together through 2020 about how to do that with their mates and navigate through that together because they wanted to connect you know what i mean and i we ended up being able to be honest and forgiving they had to learn how to be sacrificing and empathetic and becoming better friends in ways that I don't know if they could have had 2020 not happened you know what I mean and I think that for me I had to learn like I said the kind of advice that I needed to give them and I also needed to learn how to stay out of my kids stuff you know how to make sure that if they told me things about their mates that I gave them advice and then let it go Drew was really good at that and I wasn't like I take on board my kids stuff and I worry and I fret and it kind of weighs me down a little bit whereas Drew mate that does like they'll be just fine and so having Drew telling me listen they're going to be just fine you need to just chill out was really good for me and I think I learned over the year how to chill out and that to trust my kids that they'll be able to sort things out you know so that's a little bit about how the year went as a mum, how it went as a wife. I had to adjust to Drew being home and then gone and then home again. One day just the other week I said, oh no, I spilled water on the computer and Drew comes running out of the room and i have forgotten he was even in the house and i started laughing and i was like uh i need to remember that maybe i need to keep my mouth shut about certain things because when drew's home <laughs> um, our lunches together went down as i felt i needed to be around for the kids and our alone time at night basically disappeared due to the kids staying up longer We had to make changes for the good of our marriage, such as getting the kids to bed at 8 as much as possible so we could connect and talk. We were missing that and knew we needed to make changes for our marriage and friendship to be okay. We had to readjust for the kids and then readjust for us. So we told the kids to go to bed because we wanted to spend time together without them. And I think sometimes that's important for children to know that your marriage and your relationship is important. I think that I had given my kids from seven until eight and that was enough. And I told my kids, it's enough. I need to be with your father. We need to be together. And I don't think it's going to be detrimental to our kids. In fact, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think it's going to teach them about how marriage works and about how important a marriage is and that they are not number one all the time. You know what I mean? Drew's my number one, and my children need to know that. And sometimes I wasn't putting Drew as my number one. And Drew reminded me that I needed to put him as number one sometimes. Our dates went down, weekly dates went down because the younger two had a tough time whenever we left. I would leave and my son Takeshi would be texting me, where are you going? What's for dinner? When are you coming home? Are you bringing me something? He had a really hard time and I felt super, super, super guilty about that, about being away from them because especially if they had a tough day or a tough time, I just knew that I needed to be around for them and Drew was like, bro, they're going to be okay. We need to leave. They will be just fine. So for him it was easy, for me sometimes it was really hard because I felt bad leaving my kids. So I had to readjust to that because of 2020. I didn't used to be really like that but 2020 kind of changed me a little bit so I had to relearn. We had to prioritize our relationship because we were adjusting to this crazy year. I think overall we did okay. Drew discovered wood chopping and collecting and hunting for free wood around on Facebook Marketplace because he put in a fireplace in our house and I love it. And so he looks pretty sexy as my wood chopper man, <laughs> my mountain man. So that was one good thing about 2020. He did a way better job of prioritizing couple time than I did and I wonder if that's a man thing so if there's any men listening out there is your wife like me or were they like me in 2020 did they find it hard to leave their kids and go out on a date with you or is that just (laughs) true is that just me I mean maybe men do a better job of knowing that the kids are going to be okay and prioritizing one-on-one time with their wife so let me know Communication was key this year with Drew and listening to each other and our needs. I think we got closer as a couple and are pleased with our progress as best friends and as parents. So I'm glad that I got to do this year with Drew and that we're able to try and navigate this year with each other. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. He is the best person that I know in real life and I'm glad that he's a part of my life. I rely on him a lot. The last part of 2020 is me, Melissa. I'd already made adjustments for this year and had decided to make this year about healing, like I told you in my other episode, and little did I know how helpful that was gonna be, not only for myself, but for my relationship with Drew and the kids. I've been in counselling before. I've seen three different separate counsellors. I saw one, a couple after my dad died. And then I saw another one after I gave birth to a couple of children. And each three of the counsellors said that we'll be just fine. Like when we went with the first counsellor after my dad died, it was as a group. And I don't know what the point of that was. They should have been meeting with us one-on-one, so that dude was useless. And then I met with another lady once, and she said, there's nothing I can do for you. You just need to heal. And then I met with someone else, like I said, after I had a couple of kids, and she said, I don't know what to do for you. You seem like you're just fine. So for me, I didn't think that I needed counseling because I have been basically told that I didn't. And so I just thought counseling was for other people, and it wasn't for me, you know? But then my brother Delwyn. He talked to me about it and he said basically that he thinks I'd do good with (laughs) counselling and he kept talking to me about it and I kept just like putting him off for various reasons like money time you know didn't need it blah 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 and then he said listen Mills just get on the internet and scroll and put in counselors and just scroll and just simply look. That's all I want you to do is just scroll and have a look. So I'm like, all right, man, all right, I'll do that. And so I started scrolling and I started searching online and I had a list of stuff that I was looking for. And it was a pretty, it was a list of about five different things that I wanted. So I thought, bro, there's no way that I'm gonna find someone that hits these five things. No way. But I gave it a good go as promised to my brother and I said a little prayer in my heart and asked for guidance from Heavenly Father and I found her and she met all the descriptions that I needed and her name was Bethany and I felt really, really good about her. So we started meeting and things started changing for me. I was taught to pause, internally think and ask myself questions. It was a game changer. It's funny, you know, because everything she said made sense and I knew in a way but coming from her I accepted it better and it helped hugely, you know. This next part I hesitate to tell you because of fear of being judged. And I don't know if you know what it's like to have something and not want to share it because You're scared how people will think of you, and that's how I'm feeling right now. So, I hope that you can not judge and see me still as Mills and love me and accept my story. I have a... I... I have a food and body disorder, I'm not anorexic or bulimic but I suffer in other ways. I was tired of how much of my mind this disorder took up and so I sought help and I'm doing a lot better. I know once I put this out there that I can't take it back in but I've been thinking a lot about this and why I'm doing this is I think with vulnerability comes connection and I want you to know that if you suffer with food and body thoughts overtaking your mind constantly that you are not alone. I'm doing a lot better but it's an ongoing battle and Bethany has helped me with that as well as Kate. I'll go into more detail about this in another episode but I'm feeling closer to food freedom and body liberation than ever before. Instead of hating my body and restricting my food, let's just say for now that I'm never going on another diet again and I'm learning to love my body as it is moving forward. So Bethany gave me some homework, one of which was to read the book Essentialism, another game changer. After I read that book I saw life in a new light. So basically what this book talks about in a nutshell is we succumb to the false truth that we can have it all and do it all. As we try to do it all we don't do it very well and so in this book Essentialism You get taught how to eliminate a lot of good things so you do one to two things that are essential in an excellent way. And this really helped me to start looking closely at what was essential in my life and making a list. I decided to get off social media like I talked about in my first episode. I'm a total empath and so I feel people's feelings call it energy or spirit, I feel it. So I cry, I get angry, I feel overwhelmed, I feel passionate about things. This year for an empath though, for me, was almost too overwhelming. I'm a very middle person, meaning... I don't really take sides too much unless that's something really catastrophic like trafficking children obviously have a side about that which is we shouldn't do it. But for a lot of things I'm in the middle. I like to listen to both sides of the story and I feel both sides of the story. And so this year I wanted to heal and focus on that and then COVID hit and I didn't want people to die and so I felt that. And then Black Lives Matter happened And I wanted black people to feel like they mattered and I know that this uh, had an effect in New Zealand too with the Māori people and I want I want them to know that they matter too and it really hurts Me at least when people aren't seen and aren't being treated fair and so that was really hard for me I also had a tough time with the trafficking that came up and made sure that I did something about that that this year which I'll talk about at another time which I'm excited about I wanted people who were for masks to be happy I wanted people that were against masks to be happy I wanted people who were republicans to be happy I wanted people who were democrats to be happy this election I wanted people who were In New Zealand, with national and labor, I wanted national people to be happy, I wanted labor people to be happy, and as you see, it was too much, it was too much feeling, and I was feeling it all, and I was feeling it all the time. Hence the reason for getting off social media. I had to ask myself what was essential, and social media didn't make the cut for the first time ever, and that was my connection. I've gotten to know my family in New Zealand especially some of my sister-in-laws way better because of social media and that was really hard but now social media have become some of my most disconnection, disconnection with myself. I had to get it back so I did. Like I've said I thought about all the disconnect between us as humans almost like a mob mentality. I knew we were better than that. How did I know? Because of my connections to the One. I know most humans are good because when I connect with the One, I see them for who they are in a real way and one-on-one connections do that. You know the rest from my first episode. But I wanted to make a difference and figured this could be it. Even if I provide connection and hope and a sense of wanting to be better to 10 people, mission accomplished. I had to make sure I paused before saying yes to things. This is something I'm still working on, but I'm getting better at living my essential life rather than living others' lives by saying yes to everything they wanted me to do. To no fault of them, if we don't stick up for ourselves, who's gonna stick up for us? I'm allowed to say no, and if people don't like that, then that's their problem, right? Because at the end of the day, we have to be our champion. And sometimes that's saying no. And for me to pause when I'm saying yes in a text or to a person, I've had to learn not to do that. I've had to learn to or to do that, to pause. When someone asks me to do something via text or in real life. And if I pause, that gives me a shot of being able to allow myself to think, hey Mills, do you really, really want to do this? Is this something you actually can do or not? And I hope that with the people that are around me, if I say no to something or if I push something out, that you understand that I'm trying to live my essential life. And sometimes that means saying no. And in saying no to some things that aren't essential, I can actually do better at the things that I choose to do, which I think will be amazing. Now listen, I don't have it figured out. I'm a total work in progress, but I am progressing and i'm also fully aware everyone of my privileged state you know i'm married with children i live in a house i have food none of our jobs got lost i'm a stay-at-home mum. best case scenario right i realize that i realize that but this is my story and how i saw it for 2020 that's all it's not meant to add or take away from yours or anyone else's story it's simply mine so why share it? Some people are like like to hold their cards close to their chest. Some people like to not share anything about themselves and that's fantastic. And I believe in everyone doing what it is that they feel is right for them. But I know some people think that sharing such personal things online and obviously on this podcast maybe is allowing myself to be open for criticism and allowing myself to be open to people to judge me. So why do it? And I think, like I told you before, I think because maybe parts of it will resonate with you. Maybe you don't feel quite so alone because you know there's a Candid Kiwi out there struggling and learning too. Maybe you can use me to feel better about yourself because you've got it all figured out. And you can say to yourself, well, at least I'm not like the Candid Kiwi. She sounds like she's pretty messed up. (laughs) I'd actually like you to be on my podcast, by the way, so you can tell us all your Zen ways. (laughs) I just wanna give people a place to feel happy. I want you to be able to come here to learn and grow in a way that only conversations can do and only seeing the one can do and only a vulnerable story can do. I know I have zero control on how you can feel, but if there's one thing I've learned in my short stint on this earth, it's that my candidness has either helped or offended people and I hope it can help rather than offend you. My healing this year has come from being 100% honest with myself and with others and I hope my honesty and my candid Kiwiness can help you in a small way. 2020 for me has been one of the best and hardest years of my life. It stands out and I wouldn't change any of the good and the bad because of who I am right now here with you on this third episode of this podcast. I'd love for you to share with me your 2020 ups and downs. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Candid Kiwi. You can leave me a comment or I have a blog. You can tell me there. Or if you like, you can email me at CandidKiwiPodcast at gmail.com I'd like to thank some people who have been super kind to me too. The overwhelming support that I've received so far makes me extremely humbled and I'm really grateful at people's love and support and some of the people that have given me stuff out of the goodness of their heart is Pugs. He has a business down in Farmington so if you happen to live in Farmington call him up. (laughs) His business is called Ratio and Pugs is one of the smartest people that I ever have known. He gave me and my family cable and some of these modems so that i can skype out here in my podcast room my wi-fi is not that good out here and so pugs gave us the equipment to be able to skype out here when i'm having conversations with people that can't be here in person so i'm super grateful i've got some buddies that live in stanley and mccall their names are the dennings and dave denning from river company he helped me with my some of my website needs and i appreciate his kindness in there if you go need an amazing thing to do in the summers you should go up to stanley and look up the river company those are some of the best people you'll ever meet they have good food too lastly i really want to thank my first guest april she is doing the graphics for my facebook blog and instagram page and so the nice episodes that you see in the yellow is done by april i'm extremely overwhelmed and humbled by that people would do this really touching and reminds me that I need to do the same thing when given the opportunity. So that is my 2020 recap. So hopefully you could connect with something there. And I look forward to hearing your 2020 recap and what was good and what was bad. I've got an exciting next guest episode, which I'm super pumped to be able to have you at. I'm going to leave for now. So Thank you for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. I know that life gets busy and so I appreciate your time and your listening ear and your open heart to my story and ask that we can continue to grow together on this podcast. Ka kite anō, Until next time, thank you.